0: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, Grace Community Church. If you are uh, joining us uh, new today, listening online, you're very welcome. Uh, my name's David McBride, uh, and I'm one of the the leaders at the church here. And so, uh, I just want to thank everyone that I get the chance to do this this week. It's a wee bit surreal, it's a wee bit strange. Uh, it's not something I've ever done before, uh, so I'm going to give it a good crack. Um, but Forgive me, uh, I found this week quite tough with regards to being a, a homeschool teacher. Uh, for those who do it on a weekly basis throughout the whole year, you need a badge because uh, I was not made to do it. So my my brain's a wee bit fried with uh, p 7 Maz. that's how good I am at Maz. But so this morning, <coughs> I uh, I just want to try and bring a, a, a quite a quick word, I know it's quite hard um, for those even who are sitting at home uh, with kids even trying to listen to this. Um, I've had a couple of passages that I've just been looking at uh, over this last week and I really felt the Lord give me um, a couple of words um, for us that will hopefully help you. Hopefully it'll be clear enough uh, to understand. And so uh, I want to bring some practical responses out of that. If you know the way I preach, I like to bring something and then bring a few practical things that we can then do to implement that. And so uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks, um, there's been a few questions going around. Is there any prophetic voices and um, that have said anything about this virus is there any one man or woman that has um, said something prophetically that can help us in this season uh, and when I was thinking about that and praying about this and, and Neville and Neil and I um, had a, a brief discussion about it I really felt that um, it was a season where God was calling all of us as the church to hear his voice together and it says in Exodus nineteen six that we are a kingdom of priests so he was talking about israel at the time but that is the original design of how god wanted us to operate and function as kingdom of as a kingdom of priests that were able to go into the holy of holies and speak face to face with the lord and you know when jesus came he brought back that original design he wanted to reinstate that relationship where when the curtain was torn to we get access to the father We get to hear his voice. And I believe this is a season for the church, for all of us collectively, doesn't matter what denomination we are, to hear from the Lord and to give it away, to invest it in each other, to invest it in those around us. And so I believe this is a season for us as a church where unity is going to be our weapon. It's a season where the church needs to come together against the enemy, to seek him, to watch him move and you know what as we carry his presence together the miraculous I believe is going to happen and so it's it's time for us to be like the church of, of Ephesus in Ephesians 6 to together put on the armor of God that we might fight against the an- enemy that we will come together to take back what is ours and to take back the, the territory that has been stolen by the enemy has anybody, has anybody had enough of the enemy having a field day? It's time for the church to stand up and reclaim what is rightfully ours. And so I'm gonna go into that uh, a wee bit later on uh, about that. But you know what? It's time for us to discern together, to plan together, to plot together, and to dream together. And I believe in this season, God has given us one agenda. And so you know it's, it's an agenda that brings unity. And our agenda right now is this, God, we need breakthrough in our nation. And wherever you're watching this from this morning, you can say that same thing over your nation, over your town, your village, even your home. God, we need your breakthrough. That is our agenda that is bringing us together. And so the things, the issues that seemed so crucial a few weeks ago, right now they are secondary. Because the thing that we face now is bringing us together with one agenda. And you know, right now in, in Northern Ireland alone, there are people that are facing physically physically and spiritually uncertain futures. But you know what the difference is? The difference is that, that we carry a hope. That we carry something that we can give away. That we can bless people with. And so this morning, I want to read through um, a couple of passages. And the first one is found in uh, 2 Kings 3. And I want to read from verse 5. And this is a story about Israel. I'm not going to go into too much detail this morning because I just want to keep um, a couple of thoughts from it. And we're starting at verse 5. And it says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says in verse 5, But after Ahab's death, the king of Moab rebelled against the kings of Israel. So King Joram promptly mustered the army of Israel and marched from Samaria. On the way, he sent this message to King Jehoshaphat of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you join me in battle against him? And Jehoshaphat replied, why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops and my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat asked, what route will we take? We will attack from the wilderness of Edom, Joram replied. The king of Edom and his troops joined them, and all three armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days. But there was no water for the men or their animals. What should we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. But King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, is there no prophet of the Lord with us? Is there anyone that we can ask the Lord um, what to do through him? One of King Jor- uh, Joram's officers replied, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. Jehoshaphat said, yes, the Lord speaks through him. So the kings of Israel, Judah and Edom went to consult with Elisha. Why are you coming to me, Elisha asked, the king of Israel. Go to the pagan prophets of your fathers and mothers. So the the Israelites had rebelled and turned against God and Elisha had had enough. But King Joram of Israel said, no, for it was the Lord who called us three kings here only to be defeated by the king of Moab elisha replied as surely as the lord almighty lives whom i serve i wouldn't even bother with you except for my respect for king jehoshaphat of judah now bring me someone who can play the harp and at this stage i'm going to read it from the voice translation verse 15 it says but now bring me a musician while the musician was playing elisha uh, elisha was empowered by the eternal elisha this is the eternal's message dig trenches throughout the entire valley you will not see rain fall from the sky or feel wind blow across your skin but you will see this valley filled with water you and your livestock will have plenty of water to quench your thirst and it goes on to say that i will not only do this but i will give you victory the lord said it's easy for me to provide you water but i will give you victory verse 20 says in the morning Water coming from the higher ground in Edom filled the entire land around the time that sacrifices were offered. And bear with me, I know that's quite a long story. But really, it's the story of enemies that shouldn't have been enemies coming together as one to fight a common enemy. And so in Second Kings 3, we read of a story of God's people and they are divided as a nation. They've compromised who they are. Does this sound familiar? They've compromised who they are in their identity of the children of God. They had let culture set in. They had let the world set in. And so in this passage, they had come to crisis point as they faced one great enemy, the king of Moab. One great enemy was coming against them. But out of this situation, alliances were formed with the kings and a new nation was birthed. And so God's people came together as one to fight an enemy and to take back ground. And so sometimes it takes a serious, serious threat for us all to lay down our personal ambitions, to lay down our preoccupations and our agendas. And so God's people came together to seek Him. God's people, in this passage we read, they needed the guidance of the Lord. Right now, we are in a position as the church where we need to lay everything aside and come together as his people to seek the Lord. And so in this story, Elisha made God the centre of everything, not the problem. And so ultimately, it was the three kings realising their need of God. And coming to Elisha, Elisha heard from the Lord and it was something pretty strange. Dig ditches in the middle of the desert. You're not going to see any rain, but they're going to be filled with water. God's going to fill them with water. It was this that led to the ultimate victory. And so what I want you to do today, you read on in the story to see how the victory was brought about. And so this morning, here's what we need to do as the army of God, just like these armies. We need to be flexible. To our current situations. And what I found is, you know what, so many churches are doing such a great job and they're being flexible. But the key to a good army is to be able to adapt to their present circumstances. And I'm asking you individually and us collectively as a church, this is a season where we need to learn to adapt to our present circumstances, to our new normal, to our new normal. And so this morning, the key that I want to pick out of this passage is that we are to dig ditches we are to dig ditches yes by ourselves but really what I want to focus on is the importance of digging ditches together as a church on a mission with one agenda to see his kingdom come the more people that we have digging the more ditches that are going to be dug I know I'm saying ditches a lot what does it mean What am I talking about with ditches? Really, it's any spiritual practice, anything that is drawing you closer to God. But right now today, I want it to be prayer. I want us to focus on prayer. In this season, we are digging ditches with what we are praying. And so when we pray, it's like a shovel that is moving ground and creating room in the landscape for a move of God, for something that can hold what God is going to do and make the most of it. It's making room for him. But you know what? If we are to dig ditches, we need to have a plan. We need to be ready. We need to be expectant. It's kind of like childbirth. Last night, I was flicking around some TV channels and uh, 21 kids and counting came on. The first thing I said to Nicola was, imagine trying to homeschool 21 kids. We're struggling to do three kids, but imagine 21 kids. It's it's mind-blowing. But anyway, they were going out to prepare For something that would actually be all of a sudden, but it was expected. And I believe right now, in this season, even in this moment of lockdown, God is saying that all of a sudden is coming, but I am letting you know to be expectant and to be ready and to start to dig and prepare. Are you ready to hold on to what I am about to do? This is exciting times. So preparation is birthed. Out of expectation. Let me say that again, preparation is birthed out of expectation. The children of Israel in this story had to dig ditches out of expecting that their God was going to fill them and provide what they needed. But digging those ditches didn't just bring what they needed for them and their animals to give them water, it actually was the thing that brought them victory. And so God's asking this morning, are you expectant of what he is going to do? We only prepare for what we expect. And when we prepare, we are better positioned to receive and to make the most of what happens. Think about it if you've got kids. I know that Nicholas bags were ready from about three months before it. We were ready and prepared and expectant for the all of a sudden. And so when that moment came, we just grabbed it and we went and we were ready to make the most of it are you expectant right now about what god is going to do have anticipation do you know what do you know how you feed your anticipation you remember what he's done before you tell stories about what he's done before the fact that he can do it again how he's moved before reading over his promises and so we're ready like in childbirth for all of a sudden all of a sudden It's unexpected, but actually it's expected. And this is a season where I believe God is preparing the soil of our hearts. He's preparing us. Verse 17, it says that you will not physically see rain, but the trenches will fill. And so I believe right now what we're going through, you may not see what God is doing. You may not know or understand what he's doing. It may not be in the ways that we have seen before that he's going to move. It might not be in the ways that we are used to. It might even be in ways that we find offensive. But this is a season where God is moving. And what we learn from this story is that we just have to be obedient and trust what he is saying to us. As we get into his word, as we savor this, as we read it, as we devour it, as we meditate on it, as we put it on our door frames, we've got them up in our kitchen, as we let them sink in, we need to trust what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through these words and through himself. Notice this, that in verse 20, the ditches were filled around the same time that the sacrifices were made. And so again, in this season, it's really easy for us to bury our heads. It's really easy for us to try and not think about what's going on. It's really easy for us to watch Netflix and chill. But actually, I believe that as we sacrificially start to dig ditches, and specifically this morning, in our time and our commitment to prayer, that we are going to see an amazing move of God. Our expectations, I believe, will be exceeded abundantly exceeded so are you ready to get your hands and knees dirty and to start digging to simply simply make room for him to come in and fill and so God in this uh, story in Kings he was calling his his people for a massive clear out when the three nations came together it was like God was saying put your baggage aside because we're about to go on an amazing journey that will completely transform your life, will completely transform the way you think and who you think I am. It's time for us as denominations to lay the baggage aside and to come together and say, God, we are willing to go on a journey where we can see you in new ways, where we can hear you, where we can be led by you and ultimately where we take back ground from the enemy where we reclaim and redeem what is rightfully ours. This is a season where I believe God is bringing his bride together to dig ditches in prayer and expectation. So how much room are you willing to make? How prepared are you willing to be? At this stage of the story in Kings, The outcome was completely out of their hands. Even the kings and the leaders could not do anything. Does this sound familiar? Yes, there were some practical things they could do. But really, all they had was God. They had to listen for God. They had to seek God. And they had to follow God. And really, that's what we need to do. The second thing that I want to... I want to briefly look at this morning is from uh, the story of the Feeding of the 5,000. Now, most of us know that story. Um, And again, I'm not going to read it this morning for time's sake, but it's found in Mark 6, 30 to 40. And I really encourage you to read it and read through it with new eyes. Um, This week as I read it, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me in a new way. And so there are so many miraculous parts of that story, but I want to draw out just two things that I believe in this season are really valuable for us. And the most important one is this, I believe yes it's a season for digging ditches but secondly it is a season to value the crumbs or the small pieces let me explain that a wee bit more we all know the story but in verse 37 all the 5,000 men plus woman plus children were gathered and the disciples were panicking thinking how on earth are we gonna feed these people and uh, they say to Jesus eh, here listen We've seen you do the miraculous. You know, you turn water into wine. You've seen you heal people. Some amazing things. Uh, Would you mind feeding these 5,000 men, plus their wives, plus their children? And at this stage, uh, I don't know what you and I, how we would have reacted. But Jesus turns around him and says, this is my translation. How about you guys feed them? How about you do it now? You've watched me. You've been with me. You've been around me. Now it's your turn. And so he says, stop waiting for me to do the miraculous and trust, trust what you carry. I felt God saying to me, do you know what? You've read my word, you've read the books, you've been out and about, you've had your field work. It's time to trust what I've placed in you. It's time to trust that you are a good neighbour and to put it into action. It's time to trust that you are a patient father as you try to teach your children. It's time to trust that you are a loving husband as you spend more and more time with your wife. It's a time to, whatever the context is for you, to trust that what he has placed in you, you're ready in this season to be used to be an amazing disciple of his. And secondly, and this is the main point from feeding the 5,000, verse 12 It comes to the end of the 5,000 men, then women and children. I'm emphasising that. They had all eaten. Imagine the mess. Uh, After six in this house, it takes half an hour to clean up the mess. But Jesus says to uh, the disciples, you go out and pick up the pieces. Go out and pick up the crumbs. And I'd never really thought about that before. But in Judaism, food is sacred. It is a gift from God even the crumbs are classed as a gift from god they are special and think about it think about the size of the field or the area that you would need for five thousand men plus their wives plus their children it's not a small job so at this stage jesus says go pick up the crumbs if i was one of the disciples i'd be thinking what on earth is that boy thinking have you seen the size of this and he wants us to go and pick up every single little crumb and piece that has been left by these thousands of people why in your neck again? That's what I would have said, anyway, maybe not because it was Jesus. But what we don't realize is that out of the disciples being obedient again to something that sounded crazy, 12 small baskets were got smell, 12 small baskets were filled just enough to feed each disciple. And so, what's the point in this? This for me was a miracle not of abundance but of perfect, absolute perfect vision what am i saying i'm saying this this is a season to look after the small pieces and the crumbs this is the season to make the most of all the small pieces of life it's to look after the everyday ordinary things that we usually take for granted and so the god of exactly enough is more miraculous than the one that we have created in our society that always has to give 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 and we always have to take 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 so most people we ignore the crumbs we ignore the small insignificant things but in this story those small pieces and crumbs were the birthplace of another miracle the God of perfection I'm not talking about perfection as he wants this but in his miracle he gave perfectly enough What was needed and so God in this season that we're going through right now he knows perfectly what you need he knows exactly what we need he is the God of yes abundance but he is the God of perfect provision and so I believe he wants us to concentrate on the dead hand to make the most as we dig ditches on a daily basis to make the most of the things that are around us, the small insignificant things, that you know what? The world is going to start to turn again and we will not have this opportunity again. Now is the time to get into rhythms. It is the time to enjoy the small things in life. So to finish up, how do we make the most of everything in this season? I hope hope, um, I'm clear enough right now. I hope this makes sense. If it doesn't, you can uh, send me a message after this morning. So how do we make the most of the crumbs, the small pieces? How do we practically dig ditches together? And so to finish up, I'm just going to go through a few things that I have personally been trying. Please understand the word trying, trying to do um, that I would advise. And I think they're, they're really good practices to try and have in our lives. So the first thing is this times of worship and prayer together. Second Kings 3.15, Elisha called for the harp as he sought the Lord. And so I believe in this season that worship and prayer are the key to this battle. As we do it individually, as families, and then corporately worshipping and praying together, these are the key to encounter and for the revelation that comes from the Father. And so it's the foundation of digging ditches, it's the foundation of valuing crumbs, is to come with a heart of worship to realign our hearts with heaven. Isaiah 61, Dave Gray brought this up at the men's meeting the other night. Isaiah 61 says that we are to clothe ourselves with garments of joyous praise instead of heaviness. Do you know what? It is a choice to praise. It is a choice amid present circumstances to praise, to worship and to pray. The second thing is this, to practice ways to pray and also importantly to pray together. Um, So on your WhatsApp group, we've put up um, 24-7 prayers. They have a coronavirus prayer. Uh, you can get that online we uh, this Sunday I think it's from three to four we're gathering together as a nation online to pray for our land to pray together there's things like the Caleb prayer right there the bookmarks we can put that up and um, there are resources that help us to come together as nations to pray but also in this season I want to encourage you it's so important as a church and as churches, that we come together to pray. We have Zoom, we have WhatsApp, we have FaceTime, we have the old-fashioned telephone. But whatever it is, this is a time to be intentional with coming together to pray as one voice. Real, we need to realise that at this moment in time, we are all outposts of heaven. Imagine that across our land, all these outposts of heaven with praises rising and prayers rising and dig ditches being dug to be filled by the glory of the Lord. As we come to pray, we need to come with anticipation. How do you value prayers? How do you realize the power that is in your prayers? The next thing is declarations. We need to understand the importance of declaring together. This is how we dig ditches. Declaration over our lives and over our our land. And so yes, the victory is won. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He won the victory for us. Let me explain this a wee bit more about the power and the purpose of declarations. So imagine a house that has been occupied by an intruder or a squatter. So the house belongs to someone else, but the intruder is illegally staying there. And so he must be evicted. This is how the devil operates. He must be evicted from owners rightfully the father's and rightfully belongs to us. And so an eviction is not enforced to establish ownership but because of ownership. Think about that. We, as children of God, we have the right to evict the enemy. And so whenever the courts arrive with an eviction notice uh, to a property, it's not the force of the person's voice. It's not their personality. It's not their strength that brings about compliance. It's not how they deliver it, whether it's sheepishly or whether um, it's forceful. It's a legally binding notice and so this is what happens as we start to declare as children of God we declare his word we declare his promises over our lives and over our land and over our situation. Do you know what it is? It's giving marching orders to the enemy to remind him of who he is, but actually remind us of who we are and what we carry. And this is the power of declaration. So I encourage us individually, as families, as churches, as a nation to start to declare the promises of God and take back this nation because he is here to set the captive free. He is here to break strongholds. He is here to bring abundance. He is here to bring freedom. He is here to bring hope and peace and life (sighs) do you believe that or not declarations are powerful we are to pray for and over people what seems like david to you and me can seem like glass to other people and it's so important for us to be intentional with each other to write things down to to text to to whatsapp to facetime and to be really intentional with how we are praying for each other and each other's family it's the time for us to share honestly it's time for us to be blunt not in a, a rude way with the Lord, but in an honest way. I know, I know who you are, God, and I know what you're capable of, and this is how I need you to move in my situation. It's time to start knocking together. Imagine us all knocking at the same time God, this is the answer we need, this is what we want. Imagine having 10 people praying for the same person in your family. It's time to be persistent. Let me just tell you on that note. Over a hundred years worth of prayer went out for my Auntie Hillary. And this week she gave her life to Jesus. Those persistent knocking, Jesus, please, please save her life. And this week she gave her life to Jesus. Amen. I'll keep going. Time for honest prayers. It's time to prayer walk. As you're walking around your village, as you're walking around your state, as you're walking around your road, it's time to declare over families, over businesses, over schools, over if you're near the hospital, whatever it may be, the power of your prayers are important. I imagine it like this, like a snail going around. As you walk around your village or your state, you're leaving the scent of heaven. You're declaring things that are going to happen. It's time to pray for organisations like drop-in, like churches, like communities, like the NHS. Be specific with how you pray, write it down and wait for the answers. It's time to teach our kids the importance of prayer and digging ditches. This is not a thing we do by ourselves. We do it as a church, but we do it as families. We dig ditches together because we want them to have revelation, not information. Do you realise this, that children are learning behaviours in this season? watching us. What are they learning in this season as they watch us? I want to set them up well for a great future. I want to teach them how to value prayer. I want to let them see the power of it. I want to let them see the answers to prayer. I want to invest in the future of this nation, in the future of our children. Next one is family communion. I don't want to go into that too much this morning, but if you have a listen back to last uh, year at the end of the year, I'd done a sermon on family, uh, on communion, especially the, around the family, uh, in Grace Community Church. But the keys to family communion are this starting off with thankfulness, the crumbs, remember all the small things and the big things you're thankful for, and then it comes to the blood of Jesus, reminding of what He has done and what He has accomplished and what that brings, realigning your heart with heaven, and the Father's perspective. And lastly, sell tranquila below thirty. We're just just about in digging ditches, we are building altars. This is not time that is wasted. This time is not going to be wasted. In Joshua, they were told to build altars in Joshua 4:6. This is the reason that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what does this mean? It reminds them of the power of Jesus no matter what happens, no matter what they're facing, it will remind you of the goodness of God. Last night I wrote out just a a, a few paragraphs that were on my mind. I want to finish with that this morning. I want to finish with a reminder this morning as we dig ditches, as we value the crumbs around us. What we establish now, what we dig, the room we make for God, the prayers we pray the declarations we make the lives we impact the relationships we invest in the habits we establish the refining that is done when the generations come to ask how we will point back to this season this season will be our generation's altar that is built to remind us of the goodness of god and the faithfulness of king jesus As we dig ditches, they will refresh our land and they will draw those who are thirsty. They will draw those who are thirsty. I'm calling for an army of ordinary people to stand together, to pray together helping each other to believe in the power of coming together and fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. This time we are living in is a time for the mustard seed of faith to start to grow into the mighty, powerful, visible tree of life that it was birthed to be. And 1 Peter 2.5 says, come, come and be his living stones, Here continually being assembled into a sanctuary for God. For now you serve as holy priests, offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Christ Jesus. In this season, he is building his church stronger than it has been for centuries. And I am expectant and excited that Aslan is on the move. So I encourage you this morning, in prayer, start to dig ditches. The size of your ditch will tell me the expectation you have that the King is on the move. Value the pieces and the crumbs around you because in those things in this season, the miraculous is going to be found. And remember that in this season, unity is the key. Together as one bride, glorifying the one Father, the one Son and the one Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a good day.